good, good day to all the parishioners of St. George and Marks and St. Monica's. I trust you all are doing as well as you can under the circumstances, looking after yourselves and your families, and that you have enough provisions to see you through. Um, I, I know that um, one of the things uh, when we get through this by God's grace that you will notice is my hair has grown, grown a whole lot longer. Uh, because I haven't been to the barber since before the the uh, lockdown. So changes will happen to all of us. Hopefully we won't become too fat by snacking too much. But this is the order of service for the Holy Week, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And it has to, I've, we've, uh, Lindsay and I had worked it out that we will do it in the three days. Um, uh, breaking up the stations so that each day we have some focus of the stations of the cross. The stations that I'm using um, start is focused around the scriptural stations, um, and we'll talk about that later. But just to start you off and us off in a sense of worship with the, the words of this in the first verse, and you can connect to the tune. Um, in the link I've given. Sweet the moments, rich in blessing, which before the cross I spend, life and health and peace possessing from the sinner's dying friend. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ, have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We will glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, our life and resurrection. Let us pray by first holding a moment of silence. Assist us mercifully with your help, O Lord God, of our salvation, that we may enter with joy upon the contemplation of those many acts whereby you have given us life and immortality through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the special Stations of the Cross episodes of St. George's Rod and Staff podcast, the official podcast of St. George, the martyr of Cales River Parish. I am joined as always, as he has led us in so beautifully, by the venerable Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing on this gloomy Monday morning? <laughs> Through the grace of God, all well with both my family and myself. And... Um, you know, I think I'm getting used to the fact that I'm at home now uh, for this period and getting a deeper sense of um, also making it my workplace for the time being. But all well, thanks, Lindsay, and I hope you, are, you and your family are also in good health and strength. No, good spirits on this side, just trying to fight off some misinformation that's being spread through social media and trying to limit the, the older amongst us from going out to get to go check on a special at the store <laughs> interesting <laughs> we all have our challenges we all have our challenges yet but just moving into the stations of the cross so like from a historical perspective i understand that there were a lot of pilgrims doing the via dolorosa or the way of sorrow um on their own during like the middle ages and then it was decided to be codified into a, like stripping out of the Gospels and then codified into a body of scripture that people can then follow at home and not have to make the journey all the way. Um, is, is that correct. correct? Yes, I think that um, uh, some of the things, the two words that they use uh, for, for doing this um, uh, is meditation on, the Stations of the Cross, and also the devotion of the Stations of the Cross. I suppose they come down to the same thing, is really looking at 
how Jesus um, journeyed from uh, the time that he was arrested after the Last Supper to his time of, of death. Hmm. Um, I've got a phone call, but that's my daughter. She can call her mother. Uh, what's his name? I'll just put it off there. No so, what what I what I what I've appreciated of this is that, um, as one author one day said, that when you read the Gospels and you come to the narrative of the Passion of our Lord to His death, you get a sense that the readings are slowing you down to capture what is going on uh, in those. 14 steps from his arrest to the uh, crucifixion and he comes from an evangelical background and he said he's never seen this until he read the gospels mm. and began to value so it is calling us into deep devotion and deep meditation on the, the steps of Jesus devotion to the, the one who was going to take our burden of sin mm. to the cross for our liberation. Yeah, and we are sticking to the classical 14 steps and not adding the, the events after being laid in the tomb. Uh, it goes up until the tomb. Yeah. The last station in this, which was, uh, uh, was uh, commemorated by Pope John Paul II in 1991, Mm -hmm. where the focus was purely just on the scriptural evidence of Jesus' Via Della Rosa. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's normally 15 stations, um, some would add, but I've chosen for this year the 14 scriptural stations or steps of the of devotion. Okay, and it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting that it then moves like from right before Judas betrays you. Because obviously Judas left the Last Supper early <laughs> to, to, yeah. to, get his, <laughs> to get his shillings. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He did that. And then, and then he next appears um, at the Garden of Gethsemane with an army of, well, at least a posse of, of soldiers. Uh, so let's yeah. get straight into the meat with the first station, which is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you want to take us yes. through the, the scripture that you've identified here? Yeah. To say that what normally happens when we're in service is that a procession would start, and in between each station there is a verse of a hymn sung. Um, and uh, the hymn here is preparing us to stay on the journey and mm. forever keeping in view um, the one whose blood was dropping for us. Um, and the first station is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in terms of our devotion and meditation, we normally would kneel or sit quietly and then start with these words. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed world. A reading would follow for this station, it's Matthew 26, 36 to 41. And in this um, text, Jesus goes to a place called Gethsemane, it's referred to as a garden, and asks his disciples to sit while he goes over to another part of the garden to pray. And then we are told that Peter and the two sons of Zebedee were, were the disciples with him. The author also tells us grief and anguish came over Jesus, and he said to these disciples, the sorrow in my heart is so great that it almost crushes me, and then invites them to stay here Keep watch with me. Mm. And he repeats this invitation and warns them that 
if they do not keep watch and pray, temptation would befall them. Now, in this meditation, I thought just to say, give a definition of Gethsemane, and particularly that its Arabic meaning, its Aramaic meaning, sorry, is oil press. Mm. Perhaps we could wonder what relation does that have to the whole question of prayer as we face the rustiness of grief and agony. The grief and agony sort of places our spirits into a, a, a place of being stuck. I called it the garden. I, again, one of the meditation points is the place or the occasion. Mm. It is both a garden of despair and under here I was thinking of the medical spaces where people are today with the COVID-19 mm. um, and they are places of despair. But they also are places of hope. So it is the garden of hope and also the hope is our homes as sanctuaries of prayer. The community that... Um, that we find there, obviously, is not just the community of those who care, but there's also a community of those who came with intentions to destroy. So we have both communities of care and communities of destruction. Jesus' action in all of this, according to the text, is he gets in touch with his emotions. Mm. And then through getting in touch with them and acknowledging the emotions, he uses prayer as a tool to respond to it and also to seek surrender of it and to give it to God who knows how to deal with this. The call to mission in this um, first station is to keep watch and pray um, because temptation is out there. And to check our spirits, Jesus acknowledges that our spirits are indeed willing. But our flesh is where the weakness lies. And perhaps one could, I, I touched base with my own sense of flesh and spirit in this time of being at home. The change, the adaptation um, to what is in a way not normal. And how... You, you so much want to, 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 to do things, but the temptation to just sit and mm. di be diverted is very real. So the prayer that I attach to this is, Lord Jesus, invite us to Gethsemane as your community of intense prayer. Teach us to be present to you and your deep emotion for your world. Teach us how to stay prayerful even when our flesh is distracted. We would then move mm -hmm. on, Lindsay, to uh, the next Just, just to interject there. <laughs> um, I, I see I did note in my in my notes, I just had to refer back to them now. Uh, the people chosen to go with Jesus to the garden were the same three who were chosen at the transfiguration. Yep. Yeah, so it was Peter, James, and John the Apostle. John, was, yeah. yeah. That's correct, yeah. James you and know, John uh, were the sons it was of very interesting. Yeah. Were they special? Were they the inner circle? Were they the sort of second-tier management in the community of Jesus, <laughs> were they the first? They were the first called, so they would have been longer with him. Yeah, um, they were more mature than some of the others. Uh, in my estimation, Peter was one of the older ones. So J Jesus, in a way, there is, um, you know, like a, in the parish setup, you have the rector with the parish executive. Yeah, and then you have the parish council. So, so they could be seen as the executive members of the community of Jesus. Mm. Um, he, he, and he, he brought them into the inner circle as a way of teaching them um, what leadership was going to mean when he wasn't physically present with them. But yeah. when 
they were when they were when the spirit of God was going to lead them further. So they would know these very intense moments of the, the mission and ministry of Jesus uh, as was the also, Savior of the world. It was also interesting that when Jesus um, descended from the mountain and after the words from the glowing cloud were like, this is my son, ooh, I missed it now. This is my beloved son to whom, with, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's right. And then Jesus says that they should not tell anyone of the things they had seen until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. So it, it was interesting that Jesus decided to just close that little narrative loop where it was like these three were told that right at the beginning and now these three are with me just before the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, the interesting thing would be that does it teach us that there's some kind of information that cannot be made known because the timing would not have been right. Mm. But he took them through the experience. And I think the important part of the experience is how do you actually process it and then reflect on it and then be open to new inspiration about it. And so Jesus was saying there's a time in which you have to be patient before you speak. Mm. So there must be an inner journey. Uh, with with these, um, I mean, fascinating experiences. Yeah. Um, around our Lord. Yeah, it's just it's just fascinating, like all these these links and and those narrative loops that that just get tied up. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But yes, carrying on towards the next station. In the, in the second station of the cross, it is called Jesus, betrayed by Judas, and he, Jesus is arrested. We adore your Christ and we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. Our reading is Mark 14, 43 to 46. Just uh, some extraction. Jesus is speaking to the disciples and it seems as if Judas rudely interrupts him mm. um, and the author recognizes Judas as one of the twelve and then he comes with a band of armed people and the signal is something that was very intimate uh, something that was hospitable, the kiss the man I kiss is the one you want to arrest. Mm. To betray somebody in the in the in the action of intimacy. So I try to then give a sense of who Judas was in in the um, in the Hebrew. His name is God is praised. Mm. And yet, he goes and betrays uh, the very God whom he had befriended him in our Lord. And so the definition to his name is per person treacherous enough to betray a friend. <laughs> it is very interesting that one of the Gospels that are not included, uh, that apparently is out there, uh, uh, in a story that was written by Jeffrey Archer mm. and one of the cardinals called the Gospel of Judas. And it's written in a narrative form, a novel form, where his son is the spokesperson. And I'm busy reading it at the moment. But before we judge Judas, we have to be very cautious about that. We have to take a learning here. The community that, that came around Jesus at that time was... Both his disciples, who seemed now to be in the background, but it was Judas. And the evidence is that they come with the arm of violence. Mm. So this is a community of violence. Well, to be fair to them, that that is like, it's the same with, with the soldiers who were deployed on the streets um, to maintain the the 
sanctuary of the lockdown. I just, <laughs> again, that, that moment yeah. was just too yeah. beautiful to let go. Um, mm -hmm. They are only trained in one way. Like uh, I have a, a friend, a close friend who's in the SANDF. And when they were called on to into Lavender Hill um, to sort out the, the gang problem, his response was like, we can't use, we don't have any crowd control weapons. Like we only have lethal mm. weapons. We've only been trained with lethal weapons. Um, mm. So so to be fair to the soldiers, they just came as they were trained because they were instructed to go there. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that violence, the intention of violence mm. um, and the misuse of power is, is meets up with Jesus who was struggling with deep emotions and grief in a context of prayer mm. so so what is what is the, the the conversation we need to have around uh, living in a world where we do have violence um, and how do we as a community of prayer how do we meet that not a, a mob that is out of control mm. or gangs that are fighting with one another and the lives of the community but how do we as a community of prayer meet violence or it's allow just, violence to meet us yeah it's also interesting that they were uh, what it says here in the text they were sent by the chief priests and teachers priests, of the yeah. law and the elders yeah 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 so in a way they were upholding the law mm. the credibility of the law is where we have to yeah. Because because people with the power to create laws often lack within that laws morality. And because it lacks morality, it therefore lacks integrity. But because it's law and written, they you're forced to abide by it. Mm. So Jesus is now arrested as a criminal. Yeah, and then I think for, for Judas and his, and his role in it is more that, that he was the, the vehicle to, the, like, you can't have the resurrection without the cross. That's right. Yeah, so he was, right. so, yeah, I, I looked into, into the Gospel of Judas when it was, when it was first published, obviously because of the controversial nature of the text yes. that was being added. Um, it, it's it's always interesting to be, if you take a sympathetic tone with Judas, where he wasn't acting according to his own will. It was more, mm. yeah, he was just the vehicle to through which we could then see the the glory of Christ. Yeah, but but what what did he go through to make up his mind to be involved mm. in the scheme? against Jesus because somehow he knew he had to make a choice and at the Lord's Supper Jesus said to him go and do what you have to do but do it quickly yeah so in a way he that 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 um, conversation with Jesus can you imagine him leaving and having the was the drive for the money or was it disillusion that following a man now I have to, who's talking to me about his death. So was Rujus disillusioned? And that the only thing that perhaps was over for him to think about was economical wealth. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know, it's just um, a kind of a speculation. I think like at, at this stage, um... And sorry for going off on a tangent, <laughs> but it, it really strikes a nerve with me. Um, I think the the path that Jesus was leading his followers was was definitely going against the stream. And yeah. in, in a lot of ways, I, I can almost identify with, with Judas, where he probably looked at the holistic situation and the trouble they were getting into wherever they went. Um, and trying to shield 
the masses from that sort of persecution. Like maybe that was a, a one of the motivations for him. Yeah, possibly. Um, I I think that throughout the centuries and going forward uh, throughout the rest of the centuries, that's going to be our challenge, one of the challenges when we do the Stations of the Cross, yeah. the Passion story. How do we deal with Judas? You know, yeah. we, we, we would like to write him out of the script, but he was part of the script. Hmm. Um, this was going to happen. How did he deal with it? Why did he make the choices? Why was it him, for example? You know, um, it's a very challenging part of the of the text, and mm. to do the betrayal in the way he did with an intimate, or hospitable greeting of the time, yeah, betraying a friend to his face, that takes a lot of guts. Mm. But, but what has been going on in his own soul? Jesus was grieving about the journey. Mm. Judas was seeking to earn money mm. and be party to to this. So, yeah, we can't judge him, but we have to learn from that experience. And that's why I said here, yeah, um, how do we deal with interruptions in our ministry? Uh, Jesus is busy praying, and boom, he meets this crowd. Mm. And COVID-19 has come an interruption. Mm. Um, it's the Judas <laughs> of the time. And it can be, be passed on through yeah. intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be passed on through intimacy. And churches have closed. Life, as it were, almost has stopped. And I wrote there, churches closed, but are we necessarily silent? So the prayer that I I wrote here, um, as we reflected deeply on this second station, is Lord Jesus. Your experiences were witnessed by powerless disciples, confused by the public betrayal of one who, like them, walked with you. Forgive us our daily betrayals of you and each other. Forgive the, we the violence of our intentions, our words, our weapons, our actions. Forgive us our rudeness when we silence you and, like Judas, take over the stage. Hmm. And then moving on to, to Jesus' condemnation, which, yeah, uh, that, that, that is another interesting moment on, on the Via Dolorosa. But please yeah. lead us in, Father. The hymn, the hymn has, again, just encouraging us to say, fix our hearts and eyes on you, Lord, till we taste your full salvation. So it can, these, these stations can be almost distracting. He's not only betrayed, he's now condemned. Hmm by the very people that should have known better. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Our reading from Luke chapter 22, verses 66 to 71. And they are asking Jesus as the judges of the council to tell them who he really is, and specifically, if he is the Messiah. Jesus asked, answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right side of Almighty God. And the Sanhedrin with the, the sitting council, they, they were the assembly of those who gave leadership in the temple and in the culture of Israel. Mm. So they played a very prominent, so the leaders of the Israelites um, now stand in judgment over Jesus. 
and we can think here of our own seats of judgment, ones that form part of our legal um, legislative side and constitutional side. Mm. But also, Jesus says, he is seated at the right hand side of Almighty God, mm. almost as if he's saying, there is another judge here, um, that you're not the ultimate judge. Um, now, I won't be standing before that judge, I will be seated at the right hand side of that judge. And like that vocabulary is important again because in this this whole exchange they ask him like are you then the son of God? And he says, Yeah, you say that I am. And then I did myself the pleasure of going back to find as many references as I could where Jesus actually speaks of of God as being the father he never assigns a personal pronoun to it it's always a generalized term which yeah. is is quite interesting if you think about how jesus then dealt with his own identity of being the human embodiment of god yeah i, I think look that is the the theological crisis we sit with um mm. Uh, one of the important um, things when you read the Gospel of Mark is chapter 8, verse 27. Who do, you, who do the people say I am? Who do you say that I am? Mm. And when Peter identified him as the Son of God, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not made that known to you, but my mm. Father in heaven. So it was the revelation of the Father going back to the transfiguration as yeah. well. This is who I am. So how... How does he say who he is uh, without witnesses to identify mm. him? Uh, because that's how we are known. We are known by those who can witness for us. Yeah. Um, how do you now stand? So was the so so was this trial therefore? about who Jesus is, about who Jesus said he is, about who Jesus didn't, what Jesus uh, uh, didn't, uh, there was a time when there was what they call the Messianic secret, where he didn't actually say who he is. Mm. So is this about the identity of Jesus? Is that what we have to grapple with? Um, because because who is Jesus really? And so Mark 8 is like a turning point. So once the disciples could say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, you are the Messiah, mm. Jesus then, then Jesus could take the road to Jerusalem. So before the crucifixion, he was already asking his close community, who do you say that I am? But what have you heard others saying? Mm. And then, who do you say? So he's confronted with this question. Are you the chosen one? Are you the Messiah? Um, the fact that you ask me that question, Jesus, is, is, you know, that what if I tell you this, you are not going to believe it. But mm. you better know this, that the Son of Man, and now he show, says, he uses a term they would be related, related to, that the of God's embrace of humanity, son of man. So I was, I'm also born of man, but I was, I'm, I'm, of, I'm of God. And I'm both. And my destiny is to sit at the right hand of the Father. So it's interesting that they say, we don't need any witnesses. We've heard from yeah. ourselves what he said. So if he had said to them, yes, I am the Messiah, would they have said the same thing? We don't need any witnesses because he told us himself. Mm. But there's also an interesting reflection on, um, like when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was saying, if it is, like, please take this cup from me, like if it is possible. Um, I think there was, Yes. I, I get the feeling yes. of a lot of, of a lot of internal conflict with, with Jesus. Like at this point, was, was he a believer in himself? Um, in the truth that 
that he knows when it's being challenged at, at this level. Because if you go back to when he was in the wilderness, when when the the other told him to throw himself from the the high yes. place and have the angels lift him up, and then uh, like that's also echoed like on the cross. Yeah, and he's being asked so many times. It's like. Like, if you really are this person, like, show us, um, and then, you know, you don't have to go through all of this. Yeah. Well, I think what, 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 what are we wanting him to show us that he hasn't showed us? What is it that we have seen but are not satisfied with? It, it goes around the, the, this issue of how people church hop, for example. One type mm. of worship doesn't suit them. Somehow in that they can't find whoever they understand God to be. Then they go to the next church, to yeah. the next church tradition. So, so what, was, what was going to be the evidence for them of, um, of, of, G, of Jesus uh, being who Jesus is? What did they want to see and what did they want to hear? Um, and so... The, the, the question that we all are dealing with. Who is this Jesus? And mm. numerous books have been written about this. I mean, one of the, one of the um, concepts that theologians deal with is the historical Christ. Mm. You know? Um, and, and, um, and some really battle with his divinity. Mm. But there's a, um, like Christianity, like Christians are only believers because of the cross and the defeat of death, which I mean, is no human can do that. So we uh, have the benefit of like hindsight. <laughs> where yes, we do. At that stage, there was none of that. Yeah. Now, you see they were dealing with the physical person of Jesus. Mm. Pre-crucifixion and, 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 and resurrection and ascension. Mm. Um, what, we do, what we do now read when we're going into the, book, into the Acts of the Apostles and all the letters of St. Paul, we mm. deal with the concept of the witnesses of Jesus. Yeah. So witnessing became a very crucial uh, part of the spread of the gospel. That in the words and explanations and the lives of the Christian community, Jesus is to be experienced mm. um, as the one who walked the gospel stories on the face of this earth, but he walked as God. Um, well, after all, he could walk as God in the Genesis passage. Uh, God walked in the evening looking for Adam. So it's not as if God cannot be present on the, on the earth. The way that God is present, though, to us in Jesus Christ mm. is in the, in the, in the, um, in, in the, the be, being in, in, enveloped in the, in the human understanding. Uh, fully human and fully God. And so there is a conflict here of unbelief and truth. Yeah. Which is I, I show you is the um, action of Jesus. He was speaking into a, 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 into a context of unbelief. And he has to be the presence of truth. Do you present truth? How do you present truth? Not just as a concept, but in the person mm. of Jesus, um, in the face of unbelief. I mean, why did they need the court? Why did they need the arrest to ask him, who are you? But as soon as they did that, they now raised it to a different level of participation in salvation history it now became a public thing mm. um, so to all as, as people who radically un, are in disbelief for whatever reason 
what truth is it that we are wanting to embrace and espouse in our lives? Is it, and for me, this is where Jesus fits in. I can deal with the concept of truth from my, my, my mind, but the personification of truth in the person of Jesus is I've got to deal with that in my heart, mm. with my heart, a response of faith to, to that truth. And, um, and that's what I see as part of the challenge of this um, station. Mm. And so, in the prayer, I pray, Lindsay, Lord Jesus, your experiences are witnessed by powerless disciples. This was the same one I wrote earlier on. Um, and they were definitely confused. But, so I've got to, I've got to rewrite this prayer because it's actually not the one I wanted. Uh, okay, no worries. But if I were to pray a prayer, I would say, Lord Jesus, you stood in the courts of human judgment. Those who didn't believe who you were, were dying to believe who you were, yet did not want to accept when they, when they were told. Thank you for staying true to yourself and for staying true to God in that moment when you could easily have betrayed yourself. Thank you that whatever the cost you had to bear, you remained true to who God called you to be, the beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then moving into the fourth station where it's another test of, of the identity, um, but from one of his closest friends yeah. and followers. Um, if you will take us through that, Father. Yeah. And again, the, the this, uh, this, um, Station, the fourth station, um, is, a, is reveals how we are grappling with who Jesus really is to us. We adore your Christ and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Our reading from Matthew 26, verse 69 to 75. And when you read this reading, what you will discover was that a servant woman who has no particular name, who served the high priest, came to Peter, one of Jesus' close disciples, and identified him as one who was with Jesus, was part of Jesus' um, discipleship and community. Peter said to her in a denial fashion, I do not know what you are talking about. And he was given a chance to rectify but continue to deny until the cock crowed. <laughs> when I read this, I thought, alarm bells. When the alarm went off, Peter then went out and wept. How important are alarm bells? And what is the alarm that has gone off for us now during this COVID-19 experience? Mm. The, the occasion or the place is a courtyard, an open public space, probably where the people who are pushed lower down on the, on the, on the rank of human existence hung out. And... Peter showed his commitment to Jesus by trying to stay as close to what was going on with our Lord. Mm. And in this attempt, he's identified as someone who followed Jesus. Identified not by, and this is very interesting, not identified by the higher ups, but by the lower down. Mm. The, the ones who don't even have a name in the script. Now, that says to me that where Jesus walked and where he ministered to 
was in the spaces where the voiceless, the nameless, and the powerless found themselves. In the courts, he was judged on the ground he's identified. This woman wasn't pointing Peter out as um, somebody that must also be punished. She was saying, but Peter, you're also one of Jesus' disciples. I recognize you. I may have seen you with him. Um, not in an accusatory fashion, in terms of how I understand it. Mm. So, so the, the action of Jesus was that even though Jesus wasn't physically present in that conversation, the words that were recalled by Peter from Jesus' lips came when the cock crowed. Mm. at the third denial he made about it. So, Jesus is present to us in memory through the words he speaks. They then trigger off alarm bells within us that we have to stop and think deeply about. Uh, at that moment, that is a crucial defining moment mm. for St. Saint, for Saint Peter, as it is for all of us. And so the call to mission is to actually acknowledge that witnessing to Jesus can be very scary because it's public. Mm. And that the, the line is very thin between profound witness and denial. But do you think that maybe Peter at this stage wasn't trying to save himself or feel that he would also be incriminated, but if he were to be identified as a witness for Jesus, that he would then be called upon in the in the 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 court to then bear witness, or at least be witness, and then that might actually harm Jesus's case a little bit more. Well, um, he was in the garden when they mm. arrested Jesus. The focus in of the arrest was not disciples yeah it was Jesus so the, so one so so in other words the plan of the arrest the whole structure of the arrest mm. was we taking out the leader yeah um, and remember Jesus said um, when we were dealing with the the was it the Palm Sunday reading um, one of the yes. things I wrote down was you know, I, I will strike the shepherd. Yes, and then... And the sheep will be scattered. Yeah. And then there's this whole thing of desertion mm. that will happen from the disciples. So somehow, um, it is interesting that this follows the Sanhedrin's declaration. We don't need any witnesses. Mm. Yet in this station, a witness is found by a servant woman. Yeah. She makes the declaration of a witness. The courts felt they needed no witness because it came from the mouth of Jesus himself. So, so it's very interesting that it follows. Mm. There is a witness here. He is a witness that can speak, but he's in <laughs> denial about it. I, I still feel he denied <laughs> it because had he spoken up and then be called up to... To give to give testament that like the, what options does jesus then have <laughs> you know it's like you either have well to at that stage at that stage of the journey peter with jesus what would he have said would he have repeated let's assume that the turning point in mark's gospel mm. when peter was the one that said you are the christ the son of the living god yeah. Let's say Peter recalls that, could he recall that, because that would be the only testimony, testimony yeah. he had. He could speak about Jesus' miracles and all that, but there were others who were also doing those things. Mm. What was special about Jesus that he would minister to, which would have brought either, uh, uh, get the court to say, well, actually because of that we are going to judge Jesus even harsher, or because of this we'll set him free. Would Peter's ministry at that time, a witness at that time, have been a witness that could change the thinking of those who were in the court? Would it have been a powerful, credible witness? Mm. 
Well, he had a chance to witness there, and I did say so much in my prayer. Mm. Here was an opportunity for him to say, yes, I did follow Jesus. Why did he choose him on that platform to say, no, I don't know him? Mm. So what credibility would witnesses have had at that time who Jesus was? And so we can only but become true witnesses when the Spirit of the Lord comes on Pentecost Day. Mm. If you follow Luke's um, Luke and Act thing, you, Jesus said at the end of Luke's Gospel, you will become my witnesses when the Spirit comes upon you. So in that, in that vein, I'm not even sure Peter then were ready to be witnesses of any sort. Um, so the easiest thing, and yet the most difficult thing for him to do, was to say, now I don't know him. Mm. So, so again, we can't play the blame game and the judgment game over Peter. Yes. How, credi how credible is our witness? Do we know enough about Jesus? Um, Right now we are struggling to say, what is the witness of the church with COVID-19? Some people are making very drastic statements outside there that for me is irresponsible. Mm. One, of the, one of the important witnesses of the church is to stay. If the rest of the land is on lockdown, we have to be on lockdown. But this is how we will be on lockdown. We will pray. We will share messages. We will keep the gospel theme flowing mm. through other means. We will not seek to endanger people's lives because we are called to be a responsible witness for the Lord. We are called not to make judgment statements because part of it is that we don't understand it. So what witness does the church have to give out there? And so we've got to continue being a caring community. If we get a call, like I have received last night, a call of concern, or the other night I received a call for prayer, um, one of the things that one of those um, people said to me, in fact, both the people said to me, is thank you for being available for me to speak to you and for you to pray with me. So, what kind of witness are we called to be at such a striking time? And that's something we as church must think about, particularly in the light of this station. You were one of them. So now, how can you stand up mm. and be the witness? And so the prayer, Lord Jesus, you call us to witness to you even when you know that we may deny you. In a world which seeks to sideline your church and silence your message, keep us faithful even if we are rejected. Help us to witness honestly to those who are seeking to believe in you. Forgive us our denialism. Thank you for the nameless servant woman's awareness and her challenge to Peter to stand up and be counted as your witness. Then moving on to my personal favorite of the, like if Jesus <laughs> needed a friend throughout all of this, like Pilate kind of tries to throw him a bone. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. What what is striking about leading on from now the bridge between the previous court, which had no real power over the community politically speaking. That stage was on the religious stage, which at that time was seen as lower than the political one. Mm. So, we have this. They, they, they are no witnesses for Jesus. So now he gets taken because 
not only is he a criminal against the law of the Jews, but whom he we we heard him claim to be. Mm. Now we have to take him to another level of 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 judgment, uh, which was which had political sway and power. So now Jesus is uh, Jesus is um, um, placed. On being judged from political mm. perspective, the church, even in this station, says, "We adore your Christ and we bless you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world." And our reading is from Mark fifteen one to five and verse fifteen. Um, the authors identifies that this happens very early in the morning but also at a hurried pace um, that the chief priests, elders and teachers of the law and council put Jesus in chain. He's now seen as a criminal that may flee if they don't tie him down. Then he is forced to follow them because they lead him away and then they hand him over to Pilate. Here Pilate now questions him about whether he is the king of the Jews. Again another challenge about Jesus, who are you really? Mm. And Jesus says to Pilate, so you are saying. In other words, did I identify myself as the king of the Jews? Mm. How come you came to that concept? Your question is now saying, that's who I am. Um, of course, Pilate backs down and says, but this was what the chief priest had said. Yeah. But when he's asked a second time, Jesus does not want to say a word. And Pilate stands amazed at Jesus' silence. I, I was fascinated by the translation. This is the Good News Version. Mm. And it says, again, Jesus refused to say a word. And Pilate's totally aghast by this. Um, when authority demands you to answer and you refuse to say a word, that disarms the authority. But again, I, I feel like like Pilate, at, at the, he's more, I can identify him with him um, as, as a parent because sometimes you I have two young children and they have their squabbles and they'll, the, the one will be obviously lying. And then, yeah, <laughs> you'll try to resolve the yeah. conflict and then it's just like you met with the stubbornness of like trying to stay their course that they've decided in their mind. And like, um, it's, it's not mentioned in the, in the chosen text, but but Pilate actually eventually like asked him like, dude, like I don't want to kill you. I don't want you to be yes. crucified. <laughs> Just try and yes. you know save yourself. Yes, yes, but but that that kind of um, if Jesus had bought into that, mm. then Jesus would have betrayed himself and yeah. betrayed God. So he needed for Pilate to know, you may be in the position of power. Mm. You may have the authority you think you have over my life, but actually you don't. He's not the one that will strike the shepherd. Yeah. But we, what Jesus has to face, he faced the devil, he faced the Sanhedrin, and now he faces the political government of the time. Mm. Why does he have to face them? Well, because they were oppressive. Because they were they marginalized people. Mm. Because the kingdom Jesus came to present was totally against the way these people ruled. And, 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 and the mm. legislations and all of that they tied people up with. Mm. Which, which, which he had to face and dismantle and show them up. Um, so yes, he stood there saying not a word because he was a, um, 
an objector to mm. their, their rule. He was not going to bow down to them. He was going to take whatever they give him, but he was definitely not going to bow down to them. So Pilate is but just a pawn. I mean, his sense of power was given by the emperor mm. of Rome. So he isn't the ultimate power. He has to exercise what the emperor says he must do. Was Jesus an enemy of the state? I mean, if you take a cynical well, line, like, um, because the question is, and, and we can only go on the evidence that is presented, the question is, are you the king of the Jews, like, as they are claiming yeah. that you say you are? Um, yeah. Because uh, Jerusalem in particular was the hotbed, I mean, there was a lot of... Uh, counter force action happening there there was a lot of uh, rebellion that's the word <laughs> rebellion happening mm -hmm. at that point and i mean this extended into um well like Pilate eventually had to flee um jerusalem at, at mm -hmm. one stage after, after the rebellion got so good like in his mind maybe if jesus had then made himself like the figurehead of the jews by by destroying Jesus, he could have then quelled, like philosophically quelled the uprising. Yeah. yeah. Remember, if Jesus were to say, I am the king of the Jews, in other words, a self-proclaimed mm. king. Remember that Herod and his son, Herod Antipas, yeah. they were appointed as kings to to keep the people of the Jews in in intact. Yeah. Um, they were appointed by the emperor. If Jesus was a self-proclaimed king, Pilate had a really great problem. Yeah. Because Jesus is saying, I'm not appointing you, not being appointed by you, I'm being appointed by myself. Mm. But but what so so Pilate, that was a political question. Are you the king? Of the Jews over which I have got other kings that I appointed. Mm. Why are you? Why are they saying you are the king of the Jews? Are you now appointed? So yeah, it would have deepened the rebellion. Yeah. So Jesus says, but that's who you are saying. If Jesus said yes, I am the king of the Jews, would he not have limited himself? Because it then becomes a a national thing, mm. Jews, and it would just have it be it would be exclusionary. I'm not here. To, I'm not here to rule just the Jewish people. My kingship is broader than this. And I'm not going to limit it to what you identify it to be. So if you say I'm the king, that's your terminology. Now deal with it. Mm. And I'm not saying a further word on it because that's not why I'm standing here. And ultimately, Pilate, you don't have the power. I know that. That's why I can stand and refuse to answer you. Mm. I wrote here, and I don't know if it's correct, Jesus answered Pilate rhetorically, almost as if to say, go and think much, much more deeper about this because, mm. and then when you think about what you, what I've said to you in my response, do you find truth in it? Mm. What is the truth about it? You know, and then of course for the further, for the bigger picture, what's the truth about me? Who am I really? And so Jesus, we have to listen when Jesus speaks and we have to learn how to listen when Jesus does not speak. Mm. When presence and silence become the profound response. And so the prayer, Lord Jesus, teach me how to speak, when to answer, how to answer and speak, and to learn when silence is also an answer. Teach me how, how to speak to you, how and when to speak to you. Teach me how to speak truth to power. Uh, and we would pray this prayer for COVID-19 uh, together, and it would be followed by the Lord's Prayer, which you can pray at home, and then I will give the blessing of the first session. Author of life, healer of the nations, 
grant us courage to face our trial. Give us wisdom to find relief. Give us faith to live responsibly. And grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Then the Lord's Prayer would follow, and this would be the blessing. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe. You have enriched our lives with every gift and every good and perfect gift. You have commanded us to show your splendor to your children and to praise you with lives of love, justice and joy. Accept these stations of the cross which we offer in thanksgiving. As we look upon them and walk Christ's way of the cross, may our hearts be drawn to him who leads us with his triumphal banner of salvation. Bring us all at length to your perfect kingdom, where you live and reign with the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And the concluding hymn you can go through, but just the first line, Be still, my soul. Lord is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief. Mm -hmm.